it's easy to to not really remember people's names. If I have a weakness as a fucking podcaster or a human being, other than the various decisions that led to me being maybe the earliest divorced person I know, that <laughs> is probably it. It was 26? 26. It resolved by the time you were 27, right? It did resolve by the time I was 27, and what an adventure that was. Yeah, the whole cycle started when I was 26, and then... It, it went on and on. I remember being there for... And every couple of weeks, there was a new story about a new stalling tactic. It was impressive. It was impressive. I will say that all the fucking red pill stuff they say about the courts really isn't how it shakes out. You can just throw up your own chap in the air if you're not a vegetable. What do the red pills say about the courts? Just that they will look down upon just that every gender judge, and say... Every judge sees the bulge in your pants and just seized with fucking hatred. They ask, why did you bring this filthy sausage into my courtroom? <laughs> Cut it off immediately. <laughs> By the way, as I pull up the Wikipedia for today's show, I am kind of displeased with the Google tracking algorithm as Rascal auto-filled into things like Rascal Flats... And other nonsense before Rascal does not dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. Apparently, it is known in some circles as Rascally Rabbit or Waskily Wabbit, which that's amusing. That's good. That's amusing. I imagine uh, I imagine Bugs would have a very interesting tulpa. We're gonna have to watch the movie to figure out if if I was right about that because I'm pretty sure I'm right about that. I wouldn't bet a large amount of money on that. I would bet some amount of money. Enough that I'd be really happy with what I got back. Yeah, I mean, I'd, I'd, I'd bet like 15 bucks on that. I'd bet like 50. That's a and if I got man. back, And if I got back 100, you know, I could just take that to the bar. That'd be fun. Yeah. I could take it to the liquor store. That could be even more fun. Right, right. You could continue your sort of bartending version of Beatrix Kiddo punching wood. <laughs> I'm going to get a bottle of the scotch that I got for you for Christmas for myself because of how much I fucking adored it. That thing is nice. When I try to take that thing casually, I tend to lose a bit of the evening. <laughs> it's good, though. It's so good. Not even in a whole, like, oh, bro, I'm gonna get so fucked up on expensive scotch sort of way. I don't actually know anyone who does that. But who are a, these it, bros it is, you've It met? is actually just a delicious thing to eat slash drink i just imagine you just have a really refined set of fraternity gentlemen in your orbit now i would love to see the frat bro who gets fucked up on like a fucking balvany 18 year i guess shot, 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 shot. i guess in theory if you were wealthy and dumb enough that's just the alcohol that was around and you just want to shoot something can one shoot really exp- I, I mean i guess ethically yeah, no, no but ethically no i mean it's it's possible to shoot really expensive scotch i'm wondering if it would be just too fucking um if the scotch itself would just be too fucking overbearing to really facilitate shots and that's kind of shit that batman beats people up over <laughs> all right it's a bunny girl bunny girl um, which also features a combatant with a strong sense of justice in one episode <laughs> was probably my favorite fucking moment in the entire goddamn thing. Uh, Bunny Girl. Shows like Bunny Girl, they awaken this 
pretentious school mom inside of me. Yeah. Uh, where I look at you know the quintessential quintuplets of the world, <laughs> and I point at Bunny Girl and shout, "Why can't you be more like your sister? She's Kino." I felt like the universe was making the nicest joke it has ever made at my expense. Because universe getting a lot of jokes at my expense. Don't get me wrong. I could get in rain, urine, the I want to be the guy. I think it happened. Apples can fall up. Mm-hmm. But the second I went on a whole rant on, you know, this whole like romantic fantasy thing doesn't even have to fucking suck. Like you can, you can even just go through this emotional territory and just make other things interesting. And then the next show we pretty much picked out of a hat. Like you had run into this before, right? I think I had watched a couple episodes of it previously. Very, very much enjoyed it. I think I watched mm. the first arc. Um, and yeah, had it thought it. it was great. And then I just didn't end up watching any more of it. And then for whatever reason, something compelled me back to the show. So here we are, late to the party. And I guess what I'm getting at is that because the universe heard me bitching. <laughs> it sends you Bunny Girl. It sent me Bunny Girl, which is... Oh, you should have heard him. You should have heard him doing pre-snark before we actually started watching it. It's... He'd look like a fucking moron if you'd hear that. It's true. It's true. I would have fucking buried myself. <laughs> it would be some 2016 He was so convinced here. he was going to be doing the fucking hate watch of a goddamn lifetime. He had all his fucking jokes ready to go. Oh, dude, I was fucking loading that revolver. The opening scene of the show is a girl walking around in a fucking Playboy bunny costume in a library. And I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm about to dump on this motherfucker. (laughs) But this is a show who, like, on the whole romantic axis, does have that core built-in sort of fantasy of, like, five tens are interacting with you and (laughs) one of them falls in love with you. Two. Familial love is a type of love. Whatever, but... No, I'm talking about Koga. Koga. Did you, yeah, just two. Yeah, yeah just right. two. Yeah, two of them fall in love with you. And it's just a very idiosyncratic, smart, clever, well-paced out show. So, you know, fuck me, I guess. <laughs> Sometimes Denard gets to be wrong. I do get to be wrong. I do get to be wrong. So, From what I understand... um. People will watch shows you know, like Quintessential Quintuplets, and I don't mean to dunk on that one extra hard because I again I'm not mm-hmm. I'm not angry with Quintessential Quintuplets. I'm more disappointed by it. But you know that sort of fucking show, right? Um, they'll watch shit like that for the waifus, which is I guess why any inane bullshit of its caliber <laughs> gets made. Uh, horniness or loneliness depending on how you look at it is a commodity and all a show has to do is satisfy that demand which bunny girl certainly does i remember when this was airing you could not escape how much people wanted my to step on them i can only imagine a cocaine version of the chizuru fandom chizuru from what i'm getting her name wrong from um fucking rental girlfriend yeah her yeah and we go back to the remembering names problem. It's a thing. It's a thing. We don't fuck with proper nouns on this show. <laughs> we don't fuck with proper nouns. If you like proper nouns, fuck you. <laughs> uh, when it when it does more than just satisfy the horniness demand, right? That's damn near all it takes for a show to feel special, like mm. Bunny Girl does. 
And it does feel special. It has a fascinating fucking elevator pitch of Twilight Zone teenage romance, which, I don't know, maybe that's been done somewhere else before. I didn't fucking well, come across it, but I enjoyed its execution of it. Well, because this was a show that, you know, was popular among at least our sector of weebdom, but perhaps not ubiquitous. Let's go over the premise. Uh, for those of you who missed it, in the show's world, occasionally teenage angst will manifest as magical realism. <laughs> oh, so we had a thing where I said I would smack Sam in the face if he said the words magical realism on a podcast I was involved in. Well, I specifically said I would walk off, and I really wish he could have like held out until we were maybe over half an hour in, because I think I would have just done it. It's raining out there, and we're at my apartment. Oh, actually, if we were doing this at your apartment... Yeah, then it'll be tough to walk Then it'd be, like, harder to walk out. Okay. It's still raining. But yes, supernatural science fiction (laughs) (laughs) Is this, like, a college thing? Because you never quite adequately explained why you were threatening to walk out. How do I put this? I need a, a less hyperbolic way of saying this. But in terms of my association of a concept with a certain type of person, oh, oh, magical realism okay. is too pretentious as white genocide is to chud. <laughs> <laughs> and that is probably what happened. <laughs> I'll take your fucking word for it. So the, the teenage angst will manifest as magical realism, often in a sort of, like, you know, careful with your, what you wish for sort of way. Predominantly, and, uh, yeah. yeah. Sometimes it's less of a wish and more just a sideways metaphor. Yeah. Uh, like a teenage celebrity, right? With a stage mom who resents her fame, becomes invisible to people. A girl so immensely sensitive to how she's perceived by her peers will be able to replay entire days until she's satisfied with how her interactions with them uh, went. Uh, mm. That sort of thing. It's a kind of genius how simple it is uh, and how easy it is thus to swallow for a viewer. Weird syntax there, but... I definitely agree with that. I was always impressed that the show moved and also never really overwhelmed you conceptually. No, it's so obviously allegorical yeah. Yeah. is the thing. Uh, that you don't really need to look for an explanation as to why it's happening. It just It's just that kind of show... No proper nouns or world building besides adolescent syndrome, really. It's Sam yeah. Catnip, honestly. Honestly, I was they destined to love this show, really. They could have even gotten away with never dropping the words adolescent syndrome. Or I like the idea that I'm, it is a rumor in universe. That is cool, but I'm, I guess I'm more just crediting how these things are delivered because sure, yeah. these events come in in a way where it could have just been the short story prompt of the day. I was like, yeah, this is and there could happening have been a now. Secret organization dedicated to stopping. Uh... Oh yes, in my um, acidic nightmare world, this would have immediately devolved into some kind of shonen battle thing. By the way, I'm so glad it didn't. I'm so glad that I don't know what demographic this was. I think it's it felt like Sinon to me. I mean, but I mean, it's aimed at teenagers, so probably shonen. But it did feel like Sinon. Sort of. I am bad at money balling where these things are aimed age-wise sometimes because i know that kaguya sama is a sign-in show really that's an yeah it's because 
It's aimed at people in their fucking 20s like us who think that teenagers kidding themselves out of things is fucking hilarious. And it totally is. It, it, it definitely is. It definitely is. But yeah, that's an interesting question. So, this is a very dialogue-based show. And I find that because of how fundamentally different Japan is from English, it can sometimes feel like any smart dialogue or clever turns of phrase present in anime get lost in translation to English. Uh, and what we get stateside sounds comparatively blunt and sometimes obtuse in comparison. <laughs> this is the dub problem, but I do find that sometimes subs, you know, it feels less than elegant oftentimes. And you think that that sentence was probably a really beautiful sentence in Japanese, right? I have been reading a book of Japanese grammar and it makes me want to shove glass up my nose. I don't doubt it. It, it, it might be proof of my point. I'm not sure. It proves the difficult of elegant translation. Okay, yeah. So there you go. Like, a show I loved. Katana Gatari. You should watch it. Mm-hmm. It's the only anime I've ever seen that was a TV anime, and it has 40-minute long episodes. I've never seen that before or since. Oh, wow. Netflix syndrome really has not kicked in the door there yet, huh? Uh, it was... Probably way the fuck more Sorkin-y in its original Japanese than we got stateside. I mean, it was... Okay, it's great. Fantastic anime. A whole lot of people's favorite. Um, with Bunny Girl, though, I did not feel as though we had to deal with that problem. It came across really well, and I just wonder if they paid some phd student in cocaine to I do, do this or yeah maybe maybe the credit goes to the translators for just knocking it out of the park this time that could very well be uh bunny girl's dialogue felt every bit as snappy as a show like archer yeah it is whip smart i genuinely enjoy the back and forth in this thing and the show is not at least as far as i read intentionality is not an out and out like character comedy but it's closer to just how Breaking Bad is hilarious sometimes. Yes, I mean, it is probably best classified as a drama. It just has above average bants for, you know, a drama or any anime, really. Yeah, it's one of the better roasters at the Friars Club. It's sitting in that Jeff Ross seat loading its <laughs> guns. Honestly, I'm having a hard time thinking of an anime with better bants than... So you were talking about Kaguya-sama, and I just thought of... Does it have better bands, though? Which show has better bands? Kaguya-sama or this? Which show has better bands, Kaguya-sama or this? Um, I like the dry quality of the banter within this one. True, yes. I think that maybe this would probably win the verisimilitude battle. Except for Kaede, who I will talk about later. <laughs> Kaguya-sama was a work. is very good at distinct character voices within the banter versus this, whereas this, I think, sometimes the... There is perhaps a little bit of hyperbole present in Kaguya-sama's bands. Yeah, yeah, and that can and that is good at sometimes just drawing the lines between personalities. I think if there's any hyperbole present in Bunny Girl Senpai, everyone is hyperbolically well-spoken. Given yeah. that they are 16 and 17 and are not calling one another homophobic slurs. Because <laughs> I remember there was a whole lot of that going on when I was 16. No, there wasn't. We have never done such no, things. No, I've never done anything like that. No one has. 
And if they have, then they deserve to be cancelled. I have just decided to stop critiquing the actions of people under the age of 18 on the internet. As I just look back at the most offensive thing I said between 12 and 18. I think you can really... I think it's possible to tell if someone is just out and out fucking evil. Mm-hmm. Usually they're just stupid, though. There is a whole lot of vitamin S. Because... And I don't mean shaggies. <laughs> I was... I was 16 and fucking stupid once. There's a word, a bad word, that because of certain people who do not wish to wear a certain garment on their face this past year, I've been using an open conversation more often than I perhaps should. It really leaks. It's like radiation. It's like gamma in the fucking And I'm sorry. I just can't help it. The energy is looking for a host. It's looking for someone to express it. It's bad and ugly, and I'm a worse person for having used this word so often to describe this type of person who will not wear a certain type of garment on their face and it's more polite than a murderer is it though (laughs) to them not to not to society at large perhaps murder is more fucking accurate uh, yeah, I mean, murderer is far more accurate. Oh, by the way, while I'm on the Gamma thing, before we go right back to this, uh, mm-hmm. the Immortal Hulk is probably the most readable Marvel book going. Uh, like, right now? Yeah. Who's, who's the writing again? It's this guy named Al Ewing who's writing it. Al Ewing. I don't think I've ever heard of his work. He's done a whole bunch of shit before this, but I just, this is just his sort of break... I don't know if it's his breakout thing, but it's, it's where I became aware of him in my orbit. Okay, sure. Whatever. Yeah. Back to Bunnyland. So yeah, very strong dialogue in this, and it comes off strong in its translated iteration. Yes. This is dialogue-driven, as we've been saying, but it bears mentioning how really nice this show looks uh, in a very understated way. Like, little enough of the animation feels cheap. Uh, There are one or two kind of conspicuously CGI crowd shots that are obvious if you're looking for them here and there. Um, And that is the exception, though, not the rule. Uh, The thing is, um, I want to call it wisely directed uh none of the scenes are longer than they need to be and they often cut before a given conversation is over but after we learn everything we need to learn right it's Mm -hmm, right as the scene is about to stop being interesting they end it they also sometimes end episodes on like those sort of venture brothers ending gags not necessarily a gag but like something that's punchy Okay, yeah. Like, after the credits, a lot of times on the fucking Venture Brothers, they will have little, those, I mean, like, 10-second interactions. Think always at the end of the credits on the always, Venture Brothers. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And there's more two episodes that had moments that reminded me of that. <laughs> Pour one out. Pour one out. I don't know, HB... They're, they are really desperate to get people on this HBO Max thing. They might try that, to corner the You could totally fucking... That. Yeah, no, you could totally corner... You could get... I want to say that there's about 30,000 of us. You could totally get 30,000 new subscribers by putting Venture Brothers on HBO Max. I would totally fucking get it. So to Randy Quaid, who is a mid-level Time Warner executive. He is. Who that listens to. I've totally made that up. I just like making up viewers sometimes. It makes oh, me right. smile. When it comes to the um, the pacing of these scenes. Well, I why'd ha- you call him Randy Quaid? Subconscious. All right, that's bound to confuse people, though, because he has been in the news lately. All right, fuck it. I'll re-record the joke then. So, to Miranda Turnerton, an employee of the Warner Corporation, (laughs) know that enlisting the Venture Brothers to your cause will put many pieces of silver 
in your coffers. Now, when it comes to the pacing of scenes in Bunny Girl... They will get asses on couches. Here is a thing to its credit. Mm-hmm. When I watch anime these days... And this is my weakness. I'm not saying it's an innately a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But when fucking idols come up... <laughs> My brain just dials down, and the words "idle posting." I don't care. <laughs> I, I don't care even a little because the thing that makes me not care even a little, other than the thing by itself by default, which again my bias, my fault. But the thing that makes me not care is that we'll normally just zoom into the minutia of a performance, but also in a way that it reveals a sort of lack of direct knowledge about the topic and it's using well-worn tropes at the same time normally not this show Mm -hmm. so normally these three things come together into just this perfect storm of me not giving a fuck (laughs) and then there's this whole idol concert scene coming in in this show at one point i don't know if it's spoilers not for me to talk about the fucking context but there's a scene that has a concert yes and i am ready to just be dragged across the coals for the next three episodes (laughs) And instead, there's a song, and then they're backstage. Yep. And a lone tear crosses down my cheek. They don't. They don't drag your dick across broken glass. Yes, yes. My my loins are well intact. So yeah, it has a good sense for timing. I also love all those little fucking. What would you even call them? Just sakuga gags. Just hmm. Bits of physical comedy that I can remember that are just blocked animated and then edited to absolute fucking perfection and i i guess the best example the best most obvious and easy to explain example is just you know when my kind of runs towards him from across the fucking ball field and then slaps him really goddamn hard yeah 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 the the little bits of physical humor in this are great they feel so lamp bumpy because you would not notice right there it's it's not like the show was lacking for anything. You would not notice if they were not there, but they give the show such fucking character with their presence. They do, and into things like leading up to these moments, they are just very good at the basic shell game thing of a physical gag of waiting for, you know, basic human interaction. Do other understandable but not expected thing. There was this Generate one... laughter. Yes. There was this one fantastic one in the uh the second arc the koga arc where i cannot exactly remember the circumstances behind it exactly i will need to rewatch the episode but you know he's visiting futaba science chick Mm -hmm. in the science room and on the other side of the science room because he's at the door and at the other side of the science room is the window where you know it's and it's on the first floor so you know their their jock friend runs by uh, who she likes, right? And so he's at the window. Oh, uh, yeah, and then this one now I remember. The, the jock friend is at the window, and he's at the door, and I cannot exactly remember why he wanted out of this fucking situation pronto, but he closes the door, and then a couple <laughs> of seconds pass, and then Futaba opens the door, angry with him now. What are you presuming of my character, good sir? And I actually cannot remember the context for this gag. I just remember I mean, how subtext, hard it made me laugh. The subtext was he was playing it like, ooh, better leave these two lovebirds alone. <laughs> sort of harassy kind of maneuver. Right, okay. And she's like, well, what kind of shit do you think you're playing? <laughs> Sakuta is such a great fucking protagonist, by the way. Sakuta is 
just one of the best executions I've seen of... It is this really frequent Japanese rom-com thing where the main character is basically an interpersonal social worker. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's not codified so hard, but yeah. In, in the sense that they share that trait, he and Natsu are almost like cousins. But Sakuta is a rational human being. Which one's Natsuo? Natsuo is domestic girlfriend guy who is an Oh, so he uses his powers for evil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're talking about the difference between Spider-Man and Venom here. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, no. <laughs> Fucking Natsuo is a goddamn sexual supervillain. <laughs> Wait, I kind of oh, wanna... that sounds really bad. He's he's a romantic super, but there we go. <laughs> I kind of want to do a little lineage hopping across romance manga at some point, because I want to figure out if light novels influence this sort of interpersonal social worker kind of model, because that could very well just be a sort of side effect of the structure I know that of I've... a Ellen... Oh, sorry, what? Yeah, I know that I've watched at least one or two... Uh, at least one or two light novel adaptation rom-com anime where the male protag is totally a fucking social worker. <laughs> uh, Love Chunbyo and Other Delusions is a very good example off the top of my head. Dorigairu, uh, that one. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah, which I I should watch that. I should... I, Tell me how it is. I should make up my mind about that one. Or Gyra is another example. You could kind of say that what's his, what's, what's, what's his dick? Um, uh, the the Monogatari series, mm. but in a very you know Monogatari kind of way. And this show is, this show definitely like he was reading Monogatari, right? He was reading Baka Monogatari. I actually, this is my whole as a human being and anime critic, mm-hmm. have not interacted with that whole franchise. Are you familiar with the premise? Not even. Okay, so it's basically kind of structured in the way that this is, where it's, you know, the, the, the main character is goes around uh, helping, you know, various various girls uh, with fun character designs, uh, huh. with various supernatural woes tied to their personality. In the Bakamana Guitar series, their supernatural woes are often uh, tied to aspects of mythology and Japanese mythology in oh, particular. Okay. Whereas this is a far more general sort of um, your teenage angst causes weird sci-fi shit to happen kind it of thing. Really, is the middle point between freaks and geeks on the Twilight Zone, and that is a mm. very fun premise to me. I, what I like is how squishy the sci-fi feels. Like it never feels like it needs to be too amazingly hard. Yeah, it is definitely a semi-solid... There probably is a universe where you could do... Something like those old science adventure games, I think that Steins Gate comes from. Sure, yeah. But maybe that would demand too much... Maybe that would take up too much space. Like, this thing... It's its eyes are really set on just getting these character dynamics right. Yeah, because it, it, it is right. just a character show. That is where everything lives is with these characters. And ultimately, going for like middle or harder sci-fi attitude, it would be another plate to spin on its nose, which 
Maybe you could do it. It does not take it away from the to. show that it's not there. Yeah, no, it does. It definitely doesn't need to do it because that this series is just not fucking about that. It is about you know being a teenager, specifically a teenager in this day and age. Some it, it often feels like, mm. and how the unique problems that a teenager in this day and age sort of manifest, right, and uh, what they can feel like. I and think- I I loved the sort of way in which. Every now and again, not not with all of them, but in some cases, it was sort of this expression of this is what this problem feels like. You know, Mai is yeah. turning invisible or Futaba literally has split in two. I mean, the whole core thematic conceit is basically everyone has an observed object as far as I can tell, right? Yeah. If you were to do Maya, no fucking English 101 reading the whole thing like you have, you know, the, you have the main girl, she's a celebrity, that's easy enough, Army. Our main lad is something of an outcast because of the rumors around the whole industry. You have that running tab of fighting the atmosphere or not fighting the atmosphere. And that seems to be one of the main undercurrents of the show is just his championing being the silent iconoclast, I guess. Yeah, yeah. Their word for atmosphere sounds like cookie, so I always remember it in class. And <laughs> cookie. And that idiot observation aside. Cookie. The... I think my favorite iteration was the Futaba thing where it's her relationship with the attention she didn't want that she was getting, the attention that she wanted and wasn't getting, the attention that she could get but it was in a way she didn't necessarily want to do. Yeah. And just playing that shell game. I think the uh, the Koga arc was the most fascinating to me. It was de- definitely the way that... Her anxieties were the most identifiable to me, and mm-hmm. thus the way that her adolescent syndrome uh, manifests. And for those of you listening who have not watched, uh, her whole thing is that she can, if not replay days, then create projections of days an infinite number of times, I guess. Or at least not an infinite number of times because she has to live through them every mm-hmm. time, but as many times as she wants until she decides the day went all right that time and they skip through to the next day um i god i wish i could fucking do that i cannot believe after all of the anime and cape shit and high fantasy stuff i've gone through in my time like that's the the superpower i want the most comes from a fucking teenage romance thing (laughs) it's so cool i could I could just nail every fucking interaction with everyone eventually. Eventually, yeah. It's a, it's I like, like a non-idiot it's... version of the fucking... God, what's that fucking isekai? I don't care. Okay. <laughs> oh, you're thinking of Ray Zero. Yeah, it's it, it, it's like that for people that read books. Adam, <laughs> I... Oh, the Ray Zero is a light novel to... Wait, hold on. I just remembered. <laughs> I don't care. Very true. I think it's never... They never really endless ate it where it's happened thousands and thousands of times. It happens three times once and twice another... Maybe four times another time in, yes, in show. And it seems to be limited by how much she wants to fucking do this again and again. Yeah, and she has to essentially... It starts out with, again, the whole being an observed person thing where she is just 
clinically embarrassed about every aspect of herself as a human being. Well, she's immensely empathetic. I mean, yeah. that's sort of, um, that is sort of the plight of the overly empathetic is that you are really fucking keyed in to everyone's thoughts, perhaps about you. Mm-hmm. And it can often lead to anxiety. Hold on, there's a... I can do a better job of explaining this. When a particularly empathetic or empathic person is going to have a better idea Mm -hmm. of what people think of them in particular than most, right? And they will probably, if they are the anxious type, as Ko is, hyperfixate on anything negative that people think about them. Um, Often exaggerating. So... That, it is uh, the whatever negative thoughts they have. So it is life in just the edible they know state. <laughs> in a sense, Eternally. especially if you're a teenager. Ah, uh, well, let me tell you, I know that struggle. They used to call me Denard Empathy Dale, or I presume they do. I just sort of assume people are thinking what I'm thinking. That's how it works. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> It's you know just autopilot for auto, for interacting with the world. It's a uh, it's pretty dope. It's pretty dope. Sometimes I imagined having to fucking live in a world where where adolescence syndrome existed, and people came to me with their fucking problems about it, and oh, I'm man. not Sakura. I just tell them, oh, man, you need to fucking work your shit out. Dude, you got a fucking doppelganger out there. That's fucked up, dude. Imagine a second string acquaintance of yours looks at you soulfully and says, Hey Sam, lately bees have been crawling out of my nose. I don't know what it means. You know, my mom used to have this orchard. Yeah, that's cool. (laughs) Sure she did. Your your fucking ex texts you and just (laughs) says... I'm turning red and green, and I don't know what it means. It means that the writer's running out of ideas. <laughs> Your dad fucking calls you. <laughs> and says, I, I'm not appearing in photos anymore, son. It's adolescent syndrome. Fuck off. <laughs> Some people are just gonna have to live with their shit. At <laughs> I'm fucking 28. <laughs> Wait, am I in this version of this little scenario? Am I 17? Oh, God, I don't fucking want the... Oh, I don't even like imagining that. Oh, fuck that. Oh, fuck being a teenager. Now I understand why they need an entire fucking quarter you're, of all media to be about them. You're going to look across the fucking room, and you're just going to see a kid of dicks for fingers. And everyone knows it means chronic masturbation. Stop masturbating! Stop fucking <laughs> masturbating! <laughs> It's going to be so easy. No, it's hard. It's hard all the time. It's hard right now. Oh, man. It is going to make domestic abuse situations way easier to identify and way harder to deal with. Yeah, because that's when the fucking ReZero shit will start happening. You know, you'll confront the dude, he'll fucking break your neck, and then you'll wake up the next day. (laughs) Like, well, not that way. It's like, oh, I got a bob and get weave, a, I guess. Get after, get after, try it again. Speaking of bob and weave, mm-hmm. 
I think my single favorite moment in the show. Ah, uh, yes. Not my favorite gag because I, yeah, they, the door gag I think was my favorite gag. But my single favorite moment in the show was this really kind of quiet little moment. Um, also in the Koga arc, again, I just think that was the best one. It's the second one, where he finds out that the dude who was trying to ask her out during the days that she was replaying, um, has started, um. Spreading like yeah. slut shamey rumors about her, and he sees this. He sees it's a, it's either in a text or she tells him, and there's the silent little moment where he kind of like looks up a little bit, and you you get this sense <laughs> see the like, wheels turning. It's like oh okay, we're gonna have a fight. That's cool. I wanted to do this today. This is awesome. And he, I'm getting in a fight. They dip the quill in the or the Sorkin inkwell again for the scene after where. The friend he talks to about everything, he just asks him, "How do you how do you like win a fight with a bigger guy?" <laughs> <laughs> I like the fight itself plays out, you know, like so somewhat interestingly, but it's mostly just the scene where he knows that it's going to happen. It's inevitable. Yeah. He just <laughs> honor demands. It is known. And he just knows that he's not the kind of guy to let this sort of thing go. It's a wonderful little character moment for him. Yeah, yeah, they should have recorded like a J-pop cover of Nuck a Few Bucks to just play softly in the background as he contemplated this. <laughs> we should the... talk about Kaede. You want to talk about Kaede, so... She was a work. Kaede... That's my hot day. Kaede was a work. I need to go... I... First, I need to explain the setup here. Sure. He has a little sister named Kaede. Our main character, when I say he, mm-hmm. has a little sister named Kaede. And spoilers, spoilers, yada, yada. Yeah. Oh, yeah, like, big, pretty big spoilers. It's the final arc of the series, so... Uh... So this whole time, Kaede is pushed into the mix as this highly energetic, slightly cloying... Very cloying. I found her very cloying. Extremely cloying, overly affectionate, Kigurumi wearing. I do like her Kigurumi. I kinda, that, that, it, that's fine. I have heard problems with her. And her voice actress is doing the most because she's doing the most. Mm-hmm. And her adolescent syndrome thing is she was bullied and started getting these marks on her body. I mean, that was the first... That was, that was the, then there's the prestige, yes. where it turns out this whole time she has had amnesia in... I am really happy that I've used the words finale and amnesia. I don't feel the words hack coming out of the back of my throat. But yeah, she had some kind of limited amnesia. So she had to sort of reconstruct her personality. So here's what I'll say. In its defense and in its condemnation. Mm -hmm. I get it. (laughs) She rebuilt this annoying dick fuck personality. (laughs) Because she had no memories totally get it get the message get the narrative get the intentionality it was like having a stiletto heel on my fucking ball every scene she was in (laughs) i don't know i really like that one fucking gag where he brings like the fucking fifth girl to his apartment and she accuses him of being a gigolo that that is fine yeah that was that was i think one of the funnier moments of that arc yeah, I think it was the one with uh, with my sister. I'm pretty sure it was the one with my sister. Because at that point, he had Futaba over, he'd had Toga over, he'd had Mai over. I no. think he'd had 
you know, like the middle school, the the de-aged version of it. I don't even fucking know how that went because that's in the movie. So I'm going to do the opposite of damning something with faint praise. Mm-hmm. I will praise this with poison. Sure. There is a smart engine behind this show's dumbest, most annoying fucking character. <laughs> yes. What it does is it presents to you this element that you think is so fucking typical and calculated to... but And it is calculated, but a different kind of calculated. It presents you with this fucking cliche, like the mm-hmm. Emoto character, right? And then... At the very end, you learn that the Emoto is the, the, very the, much yeah. a character within this. Yeah. Very much a... An invented persona. An invented persona. And I understand how that is defensible to many people. Well, it, it's... My it, argument... It feels like a commentary on how fucking fake the idea of the Emoto is. That may be the intellectual result. I won't even say it doesn't achieve that. But you still fucking hate her. <laughs> but you, I still fucking find her annoying. It's like if she just constructed the personality of X-Pac. That's <laughs> <laughs> every scene she's in. My thing is, I'm X-Pac. Every scene she's in, she cuts an X-Pac promo <laughs> as a commentary on X-Pac. And I'd be like, yep, you, you did show X-Pac. I cannot deny that. See, I love shit like this. Is the thing, this is another Sam Catnip thing mm-hmm. where they give me something I hate and then they're like, whoop! Except, I have a deep respect for when they pull that off. Or uh. for when a show is capable of pulling, pulling something off like that. That was sort of the uh, charm of, not full cliche, they didn't go full cliche, but that's sort of the charm of Agretzico. Like, they would always start with an archetype and then throw one more coat of paint on it. Yeah, okay. I didn't watch a Gretzky. I watched most of this. It's, it's pretty fun. Did you watch the dub? Apparently ProZD was in the dub. Really? Yeah, he played the Leopard manager. I will try that. Cool, yeah. That is an amusing touch. So yeah, um, Kaede um, gave me some um, intellectual soul pain. <laughs> Alright, so I wanted to bring up the character designs of this. Hit me. Well, like the rest of the show, they are smart and yet understated, uh, like Sakura, right? Besides his bedhead, you'd be forgiven for thinking Sakura kind of had like a generic, <clears throat> I'm sorry, um, besides his bedhead, you'd be forgiven for thinking that he had kind of a generic design. But there's like these little things they do. Like uh, he uh, he wears his tie a little bit looser than the other characters. He does mm-hmm. not have his top button buttoned to sort of, convey through his appearance his he's sort like of philosophy loose... of the quiet iconoclasm right that i was talking about yeah he's a loose element in a rigid environment exactly and uh maya manages to have uh and at this point at this point i i would i would say that among some circles her look could be considered iconic like i wouldn't call it it seems uh, to be influential i wouldn't call it haruhi iconic but she's impossible to mistake you see my you know my and they do it with just a couple of rabbit-shaped hair decorations. And those took me a second to spot. And then once I did, I was like, ah, yeah, yeah, I get you it. it. You, you ship breaks. You breaks, yeah. Also, people fucking coom for her. They... Real fucking hard, like disturbingly hard. She is the 
sometimes of an editor, you make a sacrificial opening volley and saying this will be a normal thing. I mean, I get it. I think I get it with her more than more than I get it with most characters who end up becoming someone's waifu. Mm-hmm. There is actually a personality behind it. I guess it, she's amazingly charming. When I think of the rom-com things I have enjoyed, ha ha ha, Denard, etc., some kind of resistance in the person's personality is necessary to avoid it just feeling masturbatory. It really can help elevate the thing. Now, in prison school, it's like the most literal form of resistance humanly possible. <laughs> the resistance in prison school is, in fact, forced. Like I might be due for a rewatch of that. It's a good time. It's a good time. I love the manga, too. The manga's fantastic, and it did not deserve the fate that was inflicted upon it. God, the whole the whole business end of manga thing that happens sometimes is really unfortunate. It's a fucking tragedy. That production cycle is murder. Like, I, you, you look how much time someone gets to make a chapter, and you look at in America, you know, we sort of roll out of bed like, oh man, I'm not sure I'll be able to get these 22 oh, pages done in a month. I call my artist or something. <laughs> <laughs> see, what, uh, see what he's up to. Hey, art guy, do you need another assistant? Mm, yeah, 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 I can, I can, yeah, it'd be fun. Yo, can you get another guy to do the whole uh, ink part? <laughs> I bet there's an artist listening to this podcast right now who's real fucking pissed. Uh, I'm not, no, no, it's still very hard. But you are not a slave. But you are not a slave to your publisher. And if you are a slave to your publisher, then you're not as much of a slave to your publisher. Actually, if you're a slave to your publisher, probably send us an email so that we can help you. (laughs) That sounds bad right there. Like, it's okay if it's in code, just... We're we're, we're here to help. Total throwaway thing. Um, We were just talking about the show Sense of Fucking Humor, right? Mm Mm-hmm. There was a fly-through gag. I don't know why I didn't point it out to you, but I fucking loved it. In the Koga arc, mm-hmm. after he has resolved the loops, or one set of the loops. The first set of the loops. The first set of the loops. Yeah. There was just a throwaway line. You blink and he says, the test results hadn't changed either. <laughs> and it's... He's using someone else's fucking Twilight Zone moment to cheat on his exams. <laughs> And that's what we call good shit. In oh, it's such match. good shit. I, I think my favorite Sakura line is, I have friends. Three of them, even. Yep. Uh, that was nice. It that was, was nice. fucking great. I, um, I cannot recommend this show enough. It scratches this really particular itch. I would almost call it, yeah, the um, the Kaguya-sama itch, even if Kaguya-sama is a little bit more slapsticky and hyperbolic in its sense of humor, uh, though no yeah. less intelligent, of course. But uh, yeah, it's like Haruhi-esque in its way, too. Oh, the Haruhi thing is in its DNA. I don't think that's to its detriment. No, no, absolutely not. Yeah, it's a... I mean, it definitely wears its influences on its sleeve inside in that way. Like... I mean, Monogatari, too, is, like, right the fuck there. Yeah. I overall would give it a solid recommendation. Too strong. Yeah, just a strong recommendation. I just enjoyed it. It's a good. Also, I think it's literally in a genre niche where I normally just have my head hits the table. So I, I think I just have to assume that it's great. <laughs> and you know what it never really seems to have in it? Lay it on me. Dumb anime bullshit. 
There is so little dumb there, anime bullshit present in this show. There is minimal dab, I will say, yeah. And the... <laughs> we can't call it that... It would need to be called sad because I usually, usually call it stupid anime bullshit. That's true, that's true. And the only stupid anime bullshit present in it is in fact a work. If you watch a show, by the way, mm-hmm. someone tell me if I'm right or wrong. I'm not saying the literal exact same music work, but I swear, every teen drama anime above a fucking C uh-huh. has the same fucking piano riff in it. We're going to need to watch... Oh, God, I can't even believe I'm fucking suggesting it. I have seen it within a year, and it's too fucking soon. We're going to need to watch Anohana and see if... Um... And see if Anohana has the piano riff. I will be, like, looking for that thing like a hawk. If I can hear it above whatever quantity of tears we produce, judging by how you describe this fucker. I don't know how many tears you're going to produce. I'm going to produce a lot. I think I actually cried harder the second time. That's impressive. I mean, the way you described it didn't so much chalk it up to you as much as the show having magic powers so i don't know i don't assume i'm immune to such things i mean i am like six kinds of dead on the inside but not a hundred percent like 92 percent like just short of the like class three toxic masculinity thresholds <laughs> where it's like a trait and not an active problem that I'm, people bring up i'm not going to suggest that the next episode be on ohana but like maybe within the next six episodes we we're gonna need to work up to it Oh, yeah, yeah, I last it watched up. it in June. Give you whatever time you need to recover and or forget the finer plot details. And we would definitely need to watch the entire thing. Oh, that's not a foreign done one? No, 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 no. Oh, speaking oh, so of which, speaking of which, I hear that we need to give Jujutsu Kaisen a couple more episodes. That is what I'm reading. Okay, people of Earth, look out for us trying out Jujutsu Kaisen Z. Honestly, I could... Like, I could watch I could more see. of that I, show, I, I, yeah. I could watch it, yeah, it, didn't, it didn't hurt me. It didn't hurt, like, I liked it well enough. It was not the most interesting thing, but apparently it gets more interesting, and hey, apparently there were people who were not on board with Attack on Titan until the fifth episode. Mm. I don't understand these people, I was... They are but I'm a stan, so fine. We are in the cult of Aaron Yeager. <laughs> oh, Christopher, my brother, <laughs> has just been spending the week getting to current with uh, with the anime and texted me just words that were fucking music earlier nice. today. This is the best anime. I'm glad you have converted him to the faith. <laughs> to, the, uh, to, the, to, to the cult of Yeager. Oh, wait, they actually just have a fucking name in the universe. <laughs> oh, yeah, shit. Yeah. It's nice. I should have brought this up during the pacing, but I kind of... Oh, sure, yeah. I described it as the sort of Twilight Zone set, because they do focus on sort of one girl's situation mm-hmm. at a fuckity time, but... There is a nice thing where just elements of another situation are just going on in the background. And it's not a crisis, so Sokka is kind of like just... Pushes it over there. <laughs> yeah, just like, I can't deal with this later. This isn't, this isn't, it's not urgent. Like, there's just a 12-year-old version of his childhood crush. Like, just visiting, visiting his apartment. In his apartment every now and then. He's like, okay, uh, 
healthy, not lighting any fires, seems to get along with my sister. Uh, That's okay. That's I can compartmentalize this. I'm good at that. Have... Healthy people are good at compartmentalizing things. I'm healthy. I'm healthy. I'm the healthiest. So you were talking about the thing that's just kind of going on in the background, and a, <laughs> there are a couple great fucking... I call them kind of Penny Arcade-esque gags, because I remember during... I don't. I haven't really read the comic a whole lot lately, but I know that during the time I was reading Penny Arcade, one of the l- main sources of humor was they would be talking about one thing, and then, like, Gabe would be drinking a glass of orange juice that the fruit fucker just gave him, and, like, the fruit <laughs> fucker's got fucking, like, some orange dripping off of its dick, right? Yeah. <laughs> and that's just, like, kind of going on. And they have gags kind of akin to that, in this, and it's a running gag specifically with um with Futaba, Science Girl, right? Right. Where you'll see some very sciencey thing happening, like a chemical being poured into another thing. And, no, she was just using fucking tongs and a beaker to pour hot water into her fucking ramen cup. I really enjoy those. She in the show has a setup of being the only person in their science club, and there is some naked graft afoot, which is nice. And yeah, she just got. She just has an entire fucking club budget to herself. That sounds fucking awesome. She doesn't have to fight anyone over, you know, whether you should do board games or more D&D books. Something that um tickled me, and I'm glad they handled it well, was uh, this thing has a movie after it, right? Yes. And they do need to put some butts in seats. So they never actually resolve this childhood friend, little girl, tulpa, whatever thing. No. I think she's a tulpa. A- and... Within the show, because that's the topic of the fuckity movie, right? Mm-hmm. And there is a little bit of pointing at the sign and saying, I'll see you at WrestleMania! <laughs> but it's not obnoxious, and I appreciate that it's not no, obnoxious. It's... And I appreciate that it lets other things resolve to it... give the show itself some finality. Well, it's the way that this show kind of works where um, they will always seed an arc before it happens. You will always be introduced to the girl from this arc before her arc proper. Mm -hmm. Uh, And apparently one of the arcs that has not been adapted into either the movie or the show uh, involves one of the girls from the idol group. Um, So, like, you've totally met her, you know, prior to her arc, that whole thing. I enjoy that. I enjoy the whole, like, this is not just some new character who just popped in to say fucking hi. Like, remember fucking um, Rent-A-Girlfriend? That was perhaps a problem that I had was just like, oh, here's this asshole now. <laughs> yeah, they they kind of just fly into the scene like fucking 747s. Really, Denard? Is that your default <laughs> metaphor? There we go. <laughs> so I, like... I like that you're you're sort of given this character. You aren't really told that this character is going to be the focus or whatever of an arc. But A, you come to expect. And B, it's kind of fun. You feel smart for recognizing them. Yeah, like you should know if it's coming or paying attention. Like the CIA and 747s. Alright, so this is Weeboo Hell. This is Weeboo Hell. Um... Yeah, two thumbs up on the whole Rascal Dreams of Bunny Girl Senpai thing. No, it does not dream of Bunny Girl Senpai. Rascal does not dream of Bunny Girl Senpai thing. No siree. We will get our fucking nouns right eventually and stop misgendering our fucking shows. Wait, this does not... 
Is it a verb? Oh god, I forgot. I promise you, a second media property will not come up if you Google "bunny girl senpai." Rascal does not. Okay, not. It's not. What kind of a word is not? Is that a preposition? No. Yes. I don't care, but it's weeble hell. This is weeble hell. Fuck twelve. Trump can choke on cum. 